Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Silent Night is a well-known Christmas carol. It evokes good feelings when it sings about stillness, stillness in a noisy world, in a hostile world. And it's also mentioned calmness in restlessness and brightness in dark surroundings. They're all matters that promise peace. And congregation around Christmas time, peoples engaged in war often declare a ceasefire period. It is time also almost everyone takes a break from their busy lives. And houses and neighborhoods even are decorated with hundreds, even sometimes thousands of lights. And all that looks nice, sounds nice, and yes, it feels good. Yet how long does that last? After the ceasefire, the fighting erupts again in all its heaviness. The pressure to perform well in society also comes back with its stress. And the darkness in this world isn't dimmed at all by all the Christmas lights. No, our restless world and culture don't provide true peace calmness and brightness. Good feelings can fade away very quickly because of the, reality, of the realities of life. How then, how do we as believers, how does the church live through the realities of today's stresses? And around us, the spiritual atmosphere, climate gets more and more darker because many live without God. Are we anxious, stressed, lost, disheartened, having no true peace? And even, let's be honest, even if we try to stay positive, It's not always easy to be truly joyful. What a blessing it is, therefore, to continue to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, also in worship. This morning, we read two passages from Scripture. The shepherds heard the message, Fear not, Christ is born. He will give peace on earth. Luke 2. But then we read Matthew 10. The disciples heard Christ saying, Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. And yet at that moment too, the disciples heard the Lord say to them, Fear not. Through the preaching this morning, we again hear the Lord's message. Fear not. And the ICS students know 
why we shouldn't fear. Because this school year's song theme is based on Isaiah 43 as well, where the prophet also already said, fear not, or fear not, for I have redeemed you. So the theme of the preaching this morning is fear not. And the herald angel said that as an encouragement to the shepherds, as the awaited redeemer was born and it was confirmed by the angelic voice choir. So congregation, beloved, the text starts with a reference to shepherds. At daytime, uh, their sheep had grazed in the region of Bethlehem. At sunset then, uh, the shepherds had driven the different flocks together to one place. And then they could take turns watching the sheep. And it made the sheep, the lambs, safe against robbers and wild animals. And Christmas stories... Often the shepherds are pictured as rough, smelly people, not very popular among the city people. They would avoid them, the city people. Would that be true, though? Most probably not. It could very well be that these shepherds were familiar even with the service in the temple and knew the high priest. But these men, the shepherds, could bring lambs and sheep to the temple. But you know, the daily worship there required many animals. And God would accept their sacrifices for the forgiveness of his people's sins. Yet, because of the work, the shepherds needed to be tough. And they shouldn't be scared in the dark. At any moment, they could be called into action. In the night shift, a wild animal could stalk the flock to steal a sheep. The shepherds have to be alert for other dangers as well. For the danger of rushing floodwaters or when started to storm. Not true. To live day and night for some time in the open field would make these people rough. Yet shepherds were were common people. They were alert and caring. Psalm 23 is a beautiful psalm about the shepherd. And John 10, in John 10, even our Lord Jesus Christ is pictured as the good shepherd. Now, well, while all other people were fast asleep at night, those shepherds were not. And at first, the night of Christmas seemed to be fine. Then something totally unexpected happened. Not for the sheep, but for the shepherds. We read, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now, you know, before, an angel of the Lord had appeared to Zechariah in the temple. 
also to Mary and her home in Nazareth. In a dream uh, to her husband Joseph. They received these angelic visits in preparation of Jesus' birth. In Luke 1, verse 26, the angel of the Lord is called Gabriel. Most probably he is a special message, herald angel of God. And now he was sent to the shepherds. He had to announce the birth of the long-awaited Messiah, Redeemer, the Christ, to them. We see that angel appearances happened to God-fearing people, to people who longed for the coming of the Redeemer. And so undoubtedly the shepherds belonged to those who waited for him. Their prophets had proclaimed his coming and that he would establish the kingdom of peace. But on Christmas night, they didn't have a clue what they would experience regarding the fulfillment of that prophecy. Congregation, the Christmas gospel and other places of God's word show that it is a heavenly realm, a divine place, and that divine place interacts with the earth, with our world. In fact, the heavenly realm controls life here on earth. And we too often living within the closed dimensions of our own world. You know, we can be so preoccupied with the things that we see and experience. And especially then with the things that we feel. And so we forget that a sovereign God directs life from his kingdom, from his realm. We call it heaven. What then happened in Luke 2? Well, the heavenly realm opened its gate. God sent his angel again to the earth. Now to the shepherds. We read, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They, so to speak, were wrapped around by the glory of the Lord. A dazzling, even all-piercing light from God was like a wall. It seemed to imprison them. Because God's all-revealing light showed who they were, sinful and weak people. That time, those shepherds might have felt something like bad guys being arrested and being tasered. But what a splendid sight the glory of the Lord must have been for them. Yes, the dazzling, blinding presence of God's heavenly glory. The light of sun and moon 
would only be very dim in comparison with God's glory, glorious light. And so who would not fear? No wonder that those hardy shepherds were terrified. They wanted to flee and hide behind something, but there was nowhere to go. Everything was exposed. They must have thought, we are undone. This is our end. And yet what encouragement do these shepherds hear? The very first thing the angel said, and also ICS students, now listen, and everyone, the first phrase from the angel was, Fear not. Oh, fear not. Well, what does an encouraging word from God do, brothers and sisters? A word from God, what does it do to people, to his people? You know, a word of God is not a mere wish or a slogan, an uncertain thing. Neither is it said to the shepherds that they need themselves to get rid of their fear, of their great fear. Now you must know, the Bible shows that God's word comes with the power of change and renewal. And that exactly was the first task of the herald angel here, to take the fear the anxiety of the shepherds away. And God, word act, God worked that exactly in them. The shepherds were made ready and willing to listen to the covenant God without fear and trembling. That's amazing. It is true. With the one that takes a bit longer than with the other, you know, Moses, the Old Testament came with excuses at the burning bush. The priest Zechariah had to fight his unbelief, and God said to him uh, that his wife would become pregnant. At her high age, she would bear a son as the forerunner of Christ. Beloved, God works in a way we don't understand, but ultimately, his people joyfully surrender to his word and will. Indeed, that's the blessed effect of God's word also to the shepherds. Because of the divine power display in the night of Christ's birth, the shepherds, their fear immediately slipped away. Instead, great joy came. The Redeemer, they desperately longed for, was born. So we have come to our second point. After their fear was gone, the herald angel continued to say, Behold, that is, O shepherds, please listen now attentively. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You see, those words show the total 
opposite of what the shepherds had feared. They didn't get a most horrible or glooming experience. They didn't hear the judgment of God on them, that he would die a terrible death. Not at all. Being wrapped around by the glory of God, they experience a blessed miracle that is being and staying alive in God's presence. The joy of that blessing will also be for all the people. Here, all the people are God's covenant people. What they were waiting for, as was said, for example, of Simeon. See, this chapter, verse 25. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That that will become their radiant joy. See how overwhelming God's word is at Jesus' birth. And this morning, that good news, that gospel is preached now to us. And I'd like to remind you now of your own confession. Your confession that says that as often as we hear the gospel in true faith, what happens? Heaven is open to us. Therefore, also at this very moment, we now hear that message. Fear not. People of God, on hearing the good news about your Savior, indeed, because of that, rejoice. That is the hallmark of faith. Not gloom and doom. Joy. It truly is. The congregation, loved ones, the shepherd's joy as well as our joy is indeed, it is an emotion. But it is not based on mere inner feelings. It is based on the truth, on the reality of who was born in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago. It is the clear truth of the Bible. In verse 11, we hear the angel proclaiming this gospel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let us look for a moment now to that birth announcement. It contains the gospel in a nutshell. The angel's message truly refers to words and names already used in Scripture for the Savior, for the Messiah. Look at the words Savior or Redeemer. And at the city of David, so called Bethlehem. Also the word Lord and the Anointed One, the Christ, the Messiah. And so he was already prophesied by the prophet Micah. He would be born in the city of David, Bethlehem. The names and the titles the angel mentioned in the birth announcement indicate that all the covenant promises would be and now will be fulfilled. 
The child born in Bethlehem will make the ultimate peace between God and man. That is, sinful man totally being reconciled with the holy God. Now, wouldn't we be wouldn't it be expected that someone with such glorious and even divine names and titles would be born in a palace? And wouldn't he get a beautiful cradle decorated with gold and silver and diamonds? And yet to which place did the angel direct the shepherds? He said, and this will be a sign for you you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. God's gifts at Christmas, his love gift, his son, wasn't wrapped with the glorious things of this world at all. On the contrary, the shepherds were directed to a most humble and unpretentious place. Because of government requirements, Mary and Joseph were not at their own home in Nazareth for the birth of Jesus. And for the same reason, they found themselves restricted just to a small corner or a nook of the house where they were staying. It was an area where obvious animals were kept. But clear details are not given in Luke 2. It's difficult also exactly how to translate those words. It is true. What is, what is certain and what is clear is that a manger, a feeding box for animals, became the crib for Mary's son, the world's savior. Now, what did those stressful circumstances of Jesus' birth indicate in light of Old Testament prophecy about the coming of the Messiah Redeemer? You know, according to the prophet Isaiah, his Lord as God's servant, the Redeemer, would be, his Lord would be affliction, deep suffering. Isaiah 53. Indeed, his crib would lead to his cross. But through his victory over Satan, the resurrection, Jesus, the Son of God, would get his crown. Thus, the poor and miserable circumstances of his birth showed that their awaited Messiah Redeemer indeed was born. The signs mentioned regarding to the baby in the manger is Israel's everlasting Messiah King. And take note as well, beloved, when Isaiah prophesied about him, especially in the chapters from 40 and onwards, the prophet, time and again, often, he encourages God's people by the phrase, which phrase? 
Fear not. Brothers and sisters, at the moment we are not wrapped around by the glory of God as the shepherds were. And we are not listening to God's herald angel from heaven sent to us. Yet, the glory of God's word and gospel is now addressed to us through the preaching. This morning, the comfort and truth of God's presence in Christ is affirmed to us, filling us with great joy because God's Son abandoned his heavenly glory and entered our miserable world full of pain and suffering. God's Son entered our miserable, restricted world, a world full of pain and suffering. And nevertheless, beloved, through the one born in Bethlehem, our life is full of hope. As Savior, He is our anchor in stormy and in our seething world. Because of Him, we don't have to carry heavy burdens anymore. We have rest and peace, even in circumstances of staring death into its face. The gospel announcement from heaven that Jesus Christ lifts us up since we have everlasting life in and through him. Through his way from the crypt to the cross, to his crown, Savior of Bethlehem, the baby of Bethlehem, the Son of God is with us always. Instead of fear, his peace floods our lives on earth. Congregation, a few times this morning, a very important historical fact has been mentioned. It's the fact that the Christmas gospel makes very clear that we don't live in a closed world, but in one that is open to heaven. And the last verses of our text, verse 13 and 14, tell us again of that reality. And so we have come to our last point. The shepherds didn't have to fear for their lives at all. Instead, the herald angel pointed them to great joy and peace. After he had spoken, they received confirmation of it in the most, most glorious way. Suddenly, we read, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Now, for us, that event is impossible to fathom, let alone that we can describe it. It is an experience we will get after our death. Or we will get it at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. 
But those chapters must already have felt as being in heaven already. What a contrast, great contrast the passage shows about the birth of Christ on earth. On earth there was suffering and affliction at his birth. The earth lay under a black veil of unrest, danger, fear, even death. For a moment now for the shepherds, that dark veil was ripped away through that heavenly splendor of the host of heaven. Their performance gave the shepherds, you know, us also through God's words. The host of angels performing give us a view on what goes on and will go on in the kingdom of heaven. The Psalms we sang already, Psalm 98 and 89 also speak about that, what goes on before the throne of God. That became reality in the fields at Bethlehem. God's servants of heaven continually praising God, chanting in the highest, in the highest, that's heaven. Glory to God. And on earth, peace to people of his favor. Now we don't hear of musical instruments. The angels' voices made heavenly music. Their praise, though, what we read is the praise was, is, is missing verbs. The praise is, is done in very catchy, short lines. And we also can note again the interaction between heaven and earth. What an experience it would have been for the shepherds to hear this heavenly voice choir. The angels were worshiping God's self-revealing glory in heaven. Gives us a few indeed in God's kingdom, in the realm of God. In the second line, they also say of glorious things about the earth. On earth, peace. They, no, they don't say glory to earth, or glory to man on earth or something. Glory to a ruler on earth. Of course, that couldn't be the case since God's opponent, the enemy, is ruled here on earth. No, the angels shout and praise God by saying on earth, Peace to people of his favor. In other words, God's favor now is directed to people on earth, not particularly anymore to Israel. It means that God's promise to Abraham now gets its extension. All nations, all peoples will now be blessed by God's favor. And thus, the angel's praise was a heavenly confirmation of the Christmas gospel that evil and death won't have the upper hand. The born Christ gives peace. It gives, he gives peace as the world can never give. And in fact, 
the world of unbelief and rebellion against God, the world will do everything to oppose the peace from heaven. You heard yesterday that that immediately began by King Herod's action because he tried to kill peace. He tried to kill the baby, Jesus. Now before the sermon, we read Matthew 10. There the Lord Jesus says that he did not come to bring peace. That is earthly peace to men. The peace Jesus gives, his peace continues to bring strife, suffering, unrest for us as believers. And don't be surprised about that, Christ says. For what they do to me, they also will do to you. So be prepared for that. But do not fear. Again, we hear, fear not. For in me you will find true life. So at the end, brothers and sisters, how then should we live? God's favorite ones, they live in joyful surrender to their Savior. Beloved, do that. Surrender with joy to your Savior, Jesus Christ. Adore him as your Lord and God. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Of peace. Look what did God work in Mary and in Joseph? What did he do on his word? Also, what did he do in Zacharias as well in the shepherds, in Simeon and Anna in the temple? What did God work in them? Joyful surrender. Like the angels of heaven, they all worshipped and praised God for giving the Messiah, King Jesus, to redeem them from all sin and evil. Well, beloved, do so week after week. Worshipping, be worshipping people. Continue to honor and glorify God in the highest and receiving his peace. And then in all the circumstances of life, yes, take up, together with the children of the ICS, what they sing, fear not. Fear not. For I, that is Jesus Christ, for I redeemed you. Amen.